is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Sam Gravett, and we cover a little bit of everything from Wicked to writing and so much more. So I hope you enjoy part one with Sam Gravett. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Sam Gravett. Sam, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm excited to talk about a, a bunch of stuff. Of course, you know, Wicked and your performance career and uh, life since the pandemic, so much more. Before we get to any of that, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? My entertainment dreams? Um, well, they they sort of began in utero. So for, for those of <laughs> you who don't know, my both my parents are actors. Um, so it's it's something that I grew up in and around uh, sort of my whole life. And um, entertainment was just always it was it, it always seemed like the thing, like a path and the one that I would find myself on. And there was never any sort of pushback from my parents. There was always I like to call it uh, sort of cautious support, um, you know, with all the caveats that my parents offered just from the sort of first person uh, you know, qualifications that I lived with growing up that you understand as a child of two actors, but, uh, my entertainment dreams, I guess I, I always wanted to go into the family business, be an actor. And, um, and I think writing is also a a piece of that as well, just from again, being in a household, like full of storytellers from a very young age, uh, and yeah, you know, uh, dreams dreams shift, but from the beginning, it was always uh, acting and music were a big part of it. Was there a particular moment for you in time when you decided that this would be the career path, or it was just yes? Oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I've told the story before, uh, but it is, and let's just jump right in. I mean, there's a. It, it's funny because with with actor parents, it, it it could be pretty easy to just sort of shrug it off as something that felt inevitable, but. I definitely had an aha moment in terms of my passion for musical theater, I guess, um, as a specific sort of limb of my entertainment dreams. Um, but it was seventh grade and my, my family is pretty puritanical when it comes to its rituals. And one of them is that there is no Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, until <laughs> after the meal is done. So we're doing the dishes. We throw on Mariah Carey, as is tradition. Um, and then we we headed over to this big white armoire in the living room, which housed all of the music. So you're talking cassettes and, and even some vinyl and a lot of CDs. And we just started sort of rifling through the music. Um, and I'm 12. My parents pulled out this two-disc set of this like green CD, I can still see it very clearly. And they said, oh, we used to play this for you when you were in the crib, when you when you guys were in the crib. So I'm a twin, um, so the two of us. And, and they put on this one song from the album and this key change happened. Uh, exploring things you'd never dare cause you don't care when suddenly there's a big, tall, terrible giant. And my body sort of like just filled up with all sorts of endorphins and serotonin and um there's a new york in the background for all you listeners out there we love new york um, sounds but uh but i i really i had this sort of somatic reaction to a song that mm -hmm. where, where my body had sort of housed this memory um 
even when my mind didn't remember it. Mm. And I became obsessed with the idea that like that music could do this and, and specifically musical theater, this sort of storytelling music. And by the next week, I knew every word to Into the Woods, which is where that song is from. Um, and then I sort of fell down the Sondheim rabbit hole. And uh, sort of since that moment, like my iTunes library became just 70 different shows like the, my playlists were in alphabetical order from you know 1776 and a chorus line down to wicked and <laughs> wyz how does the alphabet go wxyz um musicals so uh that was definitely an aha moment in terms of knowing that i wanted musical theater specifically to be a, a big piece of my life among the uh, the other sort of acting dreams that i had what did your parents teach you about work ethic? My parents told me two rules, um, which were show up on time and know your lines <laughs> and be a good person. I mean, you know, the, that's a sort of nice sound bite to walk away with. But uh, I think I, I, you know, I grew up in a household where I saw my parents working and I saw my parents out of work. And even when they were, not working professionally that you they were doing other things to be creative so that was a really important lesson for this life i think where um the downtime which i'm sort of newly entered into another period of um being between jobs um with my my contract ended two weeks ago yesterday with with wicked which i'm sure we'll talk about but um that was a really important lesson, I think, growing up and and I'm still learning. And I think we work with for the rest of our life, just this idea that a life in entertainment is a life in transition. It's a life in the in-between and you have to be comfortable with yourself in those moments and find ways to stretch and grow and not become catatonic when you're not working because most of your life will probably be spent not capital W working. So you have to um, find ways to nourish yourself in the in-between. I think it's so interesting to capture this piece of time for you because Wicked began for you right before the pandemic. And then you have the pandemic and now here we are on to the next great thing. What has that uh, whole journey been like for you to stay positive through you know all of these changes? yeah yeah for sure it's a it's a really good question uh so i did i began my my fiero contract with wicked on february 25th 2020 um and i think you know that that was two and a half weeks before the world exploded so <laughs> yeah the pandemic of course it, it was this evolving thing at the beginning and we didn't know that we would be without theater for 18 months hmm. So it felt like the the hiatus felt like it would be, you know, a month. And then it felt like it would be two months, six months. And then it morphed into what it became, obviously, and what it still is in a lot of cases. But um, I think that time was different because there was always the job on the horizon. There was always Wicked, the contract. And that's, you know, I, I feel really really grateful and really lucky to have moved through that time with the job and with producers that honored everyone's contract. And we're going to bring back an entire company that, uh, that wanted to come back if, uh, after the, the hiatus. 
Um, so it was, you know, it was a really important time for me, I think, because it gave me the space to sort of stretch and flex different creative limbs that I had been interested in exploring after graduation, but hadn't really given the time or, or space because I had been hustling and I had been uh, sort of working pretty pretty quickly after graduating from, uh, from Princeton in 2017. I, after I moved to New York six months later, I went on the tour with Wicked. So, um, the pandemic was a really, I, I think, important time for me to sort of zoom out and gain some perspective in terms of what I wanted and how I wanted it, and um, and allowed me to sort of, you know, dig into music and writing in in ways that were um, really important, I think, for my, you know, capital A artist as a whole, which I still struggle, um, sort of. Uh, using that term for myself, you know, which is my own sort of uh, shame wrapped up in different things uh, as we all carry as artists. But um, we can explore that later if you want. <laughs> yeah. You get my therapist on, on the other line. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so so this time feels different because it's the first time in a while that there's, there's not like the job on the horizon, um, which is exciting and terrifying in its own ways. Um, and similarly, I'm grateful to have had the time that I did in the pandemic um, to learn again and continue to learn how to be in between and and how to stay, how, how to work when you're not contracted, basically. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, it's such a, it's always, it's a muscle and it's a practice, especially going between gigs and having that, the downtime, which can be sometimes an uptime <laughs> mm -hmm. with um, writing. And in particular, what have you, what are you discovering with writing? What is this, what is this journey for you to create yeah. new work? Well, I had this, uh, I, I, I've had a, a number of really amazing mentors, um, and that has been such an important piece of, of developing, I think, as, as an artist. But one of them is a, is a man named John McPhee, who, uh, if you're unfamiliar, is a Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, I took a course of his at Princeton, a creative writing course, a, a course called Creative Nonfiction. And John McPhee sort of pioneered the genre of creative nonfiction. He's written about 33 books, I think, um, mostly published through uh, The New Yorker, where they came out serially. But uh, John has become an amazing resource to me um, since I took his class in, God, what, it must have been 2015, my sophomore year at Princeton. Um, and I was, I, I, I had this phone call with him when I was in LA over the pandemic talking about writing. And I just sort of, it was the first time I was being really intentional about it. And he said, uh, just like the most sort of freeing thing, uh, among many other sort of golden nuggets of advice that he offered during that phone call. Uh, one of them was just, you know, Sam, even if you never publish a word, even if no one sees a play of yours or anything gets produced, your writing will contribute to your artist as a whole. It's going to make you a better actor. It's going to make you a better musician hmm. because it's all sort of contributive and works in concert. And that I think has been 
an important piece that I've taken away from my writing since then and, and continuing to now, like working on scripts and stuff like that, that's more narrative. I think trying to fit puzzle pieces together makes ha, has made me a better actor. It's made me a better reader of scripts for sure. Mm. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, we're just trying to be the best storytellers we can be. And then it's sort of humbling when you sit down and you go, wow, like to, you know, pull a story out of thin air in some cases, or to um, adapt a story is is a feat unto itself. And it gives you a newfound respect and um, hopefully a respect for yourself as well as other writers. Um, but yeah, I, th I think um, just feeling like I can, you know, to the, the look I made a hat feeling is I think something that's really sort of sustains me when I'm not working or even over a contract of, of a long time when you feel like you've sort of cracked the nut of what you're working on and then you need another way to to feel hungry and, and keep the sort of fire burning. Um, writing has been really important for that. Yeah, it's interesting how it can almost give you more permission <laughs> in life, mm -hmm. you know, because you're you're now not just taking words and phrases at face value; you're questioning it in a very um, active way. Yeah, it's, it makes you a sort of obsessive observer of yeah. <laughs> everything around you, which I think is important as a writer and as an actor to you know be an obsessive ob observer <laughs> if you can. <laughs> You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.